from LPM. Louisville Public Media. Support for LPM Podcasts comes from the Eye Care Institute and Butchertown Clinical Trials, where they strive for diversity, equity, and inclusion within their staff, patients, and clinical trial participants. To learn more, visit butchertown.clinic. From Louisville Public Media. For almost 10 years, Louisville was home to the Kentucky Colonels professional basketball team. They played in the American Basketball Association. Since the team and its league folded in 1976, there have been a number of efforts to attract a National Basketball Association team to Louisville. Last year, the group NBA to Louisville was formed to do just that. I'm Rick Howlett. Today on WFPL's In Conversation, we'll talk about Louisville's bid for an NBA team and explore the city's viability as a major league sports city. Joining us are NBA to Louisville President Dan Issel and Kent Euler, President of Greater Louisville, Inc., the Metro Area's Chamber of Commerce. We'll also talk with Dr. Patrick Risch, a sports economist and professor at Washington University in St. Louis. Major League Sports in Louisville. Can it happen? Should it happen? Coming up on In Conversation. Kids in Louisville have a lot going on. I've been writing since I was 11 years old. I want to be a dancer. I want to run for president, for governor, for senator, for mayor. Actors slash model slash singer slash hairstylist. And I think young people, I think we feel even more engaged now than maybe we might have before. Over the next year, we'll bring you their stories, their experiences, and their voices. It's the next Louisville. From 89.3 WFPL and the Community Foundation of Louisville. Welcome to In Conversation. I'm Rick Howlett. Today we're going to talk about Louisville as the potential home of a major league sports team, specifically a National Basketball Association franchise, but uh, also look at the bigger picture, other possibilities. Could Louisville successfully support an NBA team or big league franchise in another sport or multiple teams? Here to talk about it is the president of the NBA to Louisville effort, a coalition of business and civic leaders working toward the goal of bringing an NBA franchise to the city. Dan Issel uh, really needs no introduction in uh, these parts. All-American basketball player at the University of Kentucky, enjoyed a long professional career with the Kentucky Colonels here in Louisville, the ABA, later the Denver Nuggets in the NBA, is a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, now leading the NBA to Louisville effort. Dan, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Uh, Ken Euler is with us as well in the studio. He's the president and CEO of Greater Louisville, Inc., the uh, area chamber of commerce, representing the business community and economic development initiatives. Ken's been uh, GLI president since mid-2014 and uh, is a supporter of the NBA2 Louisville effort. Kent, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. And joining us a little later will be Dr. Patrick Risch, a sports economist and professor at Washington University in St. Louis. We'll get his perspective on the pro sports market and the uh, effort here in Louisville to bring a team to town. And, of course, we want to hear from you. What do you think? Would you like to see an NBA team come to Louisville? Would you go to the games? You don't think it's a good idea. Maybe Dan can talk you out of it uh, this uh, today. <laughs> Give us a call, 502-814-TALK, 502-814-8255. We're also reachable through social media or Twitter. Hashtag is WFPL Conversation, and we're on Facebook as well. So, uh, Dan, we'll start with you, of course. NBA to Louisville, uh, how did it start, uh, who's involved, and, and what's been done so far? Well, it, it started over a year ago, uh, and uh, as you stated, civic and business leaders uh, raised some money for this effort. I think at the time, there was a lot of buzz in Seattle about getting an NBA team and expansion, and, uh, and so the group came to me and, and asked me if I would come uh, to Louisville and, and spearhead this effort. And of course, uh, you know, in, in, in my mind, Louisville should have had an NBA team a long, long time ago, um, going back as far as the ABA-NBA <laughs> merger uh, in, in the 70s. But of course, it hasn't happened, but it's a fun project to work on. And uh, we're doing our part to uh, grow the grassroots support and uh, waiting on the NBA to do their part. And that brings us to our, our next question. What, uh, what, what needs to happen in order to get a team here? Are you looking at expansion versus uh, a team wanting to relocate? Either one, but uh, cities have become very smart uh, about recognizing the importance of being a major league city, if you will. I know, for instance, in Memphis, in the lease that uh, the Grizzlies have, uh, the city of Memphis, if they should be ever be sold, the city of Memphis has the right to match the offer 
to keep the team in Memphis. So, uh, you know, that the NBA is so popular right now and doing so well, uh, moving a team uh, probably isn't as big a, 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 a chance, a big a solution as having uh, the NBA expand. So uh, obviously you've been in discussions uh, somewhat with with NBA officials. Are you getting any inkling as to any encouragement as to when this might happen? Well, the the NBA's official position is that expansion isn't on the table. And and knowing how the NBA does their business, uh, that'll be the, the company line until the day they start taking applications. In talking to some current and former administrators in the NBA front office, uh, their feeling is that expansion is inevitable uh, because uh, the owners are always looking for ways to make more money. And BRI, basketball-related income, uh, ticket sales, TV contracts, that all has to be split 50-50 with the Players Association. That was part of the collective bargaining agreement. Expansion fees are not. They're not BRI. Expansion fees go directly to the owner's pocket. So uh, the feeling is it's inevitable. Do we know the timeline? No. So say the the NBA does uh, decide to expand uh, and uh, uh, there's interest in, in coming to Louisville. What are we looking at in terms of monetary cost? And is this something we could foot the bill for here? Uh, certainly. Certainly. We, uh, we have uh, seven different groups. Uh, under uh, NDAs right now, non-disclosure agreements. Mm-hmm. Of course, th- with no timetable on expansion, uh, there's no immediacy on their part to get these things done. Uh, we're kind of going on the assumption it may be higher than this. I doubt that it'll be lower than this of $1.4 billion. That would be a billion dollars for the expansion fee and $400 million to get the team uh, up, up and running. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, uh, there's a lot of people that have interest and, and have that kind of money. And so um, finding, if we are granted a, a, a franchise, finding somebody to foot that bill, I think, is going to be one of the easier parts of our of our job. We'll come back to Dan in a moment. I want to switch over to you, Kent. Uh, what is GLI's position on, on this endeavor? Well, we're very supportive of uh, getting an NBA team to town for a bunch of reasons. Uh, certainly, the excitement of the basketball. This is a great basketball city. Uh, the university has proven that, both men's and women's programs over there. We're the number one ESPN, number one TV market for college basketball. So <clears throat> we're very excited about it. Our primary interest is around talent attraction and visibility outside of the city. So when you think of Louisville, uh, we here that live here know our city we love our city it's a great place lots to do uh, lots of uh, cultural attractions uh, cool things like Bardstown Road and so on but if you get out of the city and you're trying to talk to somebody who's in Chicago or Austin or Denver they've heard of Louisville but they really don't know Louisville they don't see it it's just we're just not on the radar screen out of town so as we're trying to market our city for talent attraction which is very important because our population growth is flat and if we want to get more people moving here they have to start thinking of us. When they start thinking of us, we have tools like Live and Lou they can come to see to learn about the city and then hopefully move here. And we have 27,000 open jobs, so we have plenty of jobs. We just don't have enough people. MBA is one of those things that can broadcast the Louisville brand out to the world. One of the concerns that have been raised among some, some people is this, the, the, this possibly could detract or take uh, revenue away from some of the established sports that we have here professional. We have the Louisville Bats, of course. We have a, a soccer team that's really moving up, could be a major league team before too long. We, of course, have exciting college basketball. What's GLI's response to that? Well, I, th- I think you have to think in terms of growing the pie bigger. Uh, when we have a great soccer team, we didn't have a soccer team before, now we do. It's being well supported. You're getting 10,000 people out to the games, and we have a stadium coming out of the ground. I don't think that took away from anybody that was accretive to the, uh, the general entertainment budget. We have lots of great restaurants that are being added. I think 100 restaurants came online last year. Uh, some went off, too. But when they come on, those, it's additional dollars that are coming out of people's entertainment dollar, uh, budgets. Same thing with corporate sponsorship. So I think there's a way to grow the pie in order to accommodate an NBA team with corporate sponsorships and ticket sales. You're listening to In Conversation on 89.3 WFPL. We're talking about the possibility of Louisville landing 
uh, NBA uh, team here uh, in the community and the possibility of Louisville, Louisville becoming more of a, a major league sports city, having major, major league uh, teams. We're talking with Dan Issel and Kent Euler. We want to hear from you. What do you think about it? 502-814-TALK. 502-814-8255 is the number to call. Uh, Dan, back to you. Uh, if if a team decides to uh, come here, if it, uh, we get an NBA team, there's, of course, talk about where they would play. We have the KFC Yum Center that's established, home of the University of Louisville uh, basketball programs. We have Freedom Hall. Um, starting with the Yum Center, uh, is there a possibility we could we could share? Is it feasible to share an arena with you? Oh, sure, it's 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 feasible. I mean, you look. There are a number of arenas around the country that share professional basketball and professional hockey. Uh, that would add up to about eighty-three regular season games. Uh, I don't think that U uh, of L men's and women's basketball would have uh, forty home dates. So it's cer- it's certainly feasible in in the Staples Center, for instance, in L.A. They share that arena with three professional teams: the Clippers, the Lakers, and and so the dates the the dates wouldn't be a problem. Uh, of course, we would have to work out uh, an arrangement uh, to to play in the Yum Center. And uh, Scott Cox, who I understand runs the Yum Center, I haven't met uh, Scott yet, knew his father very well, who was a sports uh, uh, editor of the Courier Journal for years and years and years. And so, um, you know, when, when we first announced our initiative, he said it would be challenging, but it would be doable. So uh, that would be our first choice if we can't work out a deal there, uh, a renovated uh, Freedom Hall would also work. I, I mentioned earlier we have a number of people under NDAs that we're talking about, uh, talking to about the team, and two of those uh, groups are real estate developers uh, who are looking at Freedom Hall and the surrounding area as a redevelopment uh, kind of planned city. So, um, you know, finding a place, if we get a team, uh, we'll be able to find a place to play. I'd like to, I'd like to just kind of piggyback on what Kent said earlier about um, Louisville and, and the perception of Louisville around the country. I, I think we're, because of, of work like being done by GLI and, and other groups in the city, I, I think Louisville and Kentucky is about to explode. I, I have a dear friend, Mark Vaughn, whose father was my academic advisor at UK, and he is president of the Atlanta Convention and Visitors Bureau. And he told me when I when he saw that I took this job, he said, you know, I think you guys are on to something here because we're finding Louisville with their new facilities, the hotel expansion, the bourbon trail. He said, we're finding Louisville to be more and more competition for the conventions we're trying to bring to Atlanta. So I think if we if we get away from this negative attitude that we can't do something that that we're big enough and this is i mean what a great place to raise your family and grow up i mean kentucky is is great in that aspect and if we could get more positive and say we can do this instead of wringing our hands and say well i don't think we can we can accomplish this uh, we'll pull this off Got about a minute to a break, Kent. Uh, just to kind of piggyback on that, uh, I've I've heard it said the people, put politely, the people and many people in Louisville are cautious when it comes to uh, getting into an endeavor like this. Is that is that a challenge that you see uh, with GLI? Uh, we're comfortable. Uh, we, this is such a great place. It's an easy place to live, and that allows you to become a bit complacent. Uh, and you, if you combine that with we have a sort of a Midwest sensibility, Southern charm piece, so which leads us not to brag on ourselves. So to Dan's point, uh, we do not get out there and toot our own horn. I was at a call earlier this after, this morning with a woman from Austin, Texas. If you get off the plane in Austin, Texas, it screams at you how great Austin, Texas is. Those people down there uh, exaggerate. They, they tell you how great their city is. They claim <laughs> the live music capital of the world. I'm here to tell you we went there the first time before they, when they started claiming that, we had more live music venues in Louisville than they had in Austin, <laughs> but they claimed it, and we need to do the same thing. All right, we're up against a break. We'll be back with more in a moment. You're listening to In Conversation on 89.3 WFPL. I'm Sean Cannon, host of The Guest List, where every week you'll get casual, in-depth conversations and guest DJ sets with musicians, authors, actors, comedians, and other notable weirdos for that matter. 
You know, it's it's kind of like making a new friend at the end of the bar and then finding out they were in your favorite band. That's every week here on The Guest List. Steer into it. Welcome back to WFPL's In Conversation. I'm Rick Hallett. Today we're talking about the effort to bring a National Basketball Association franchise to Louisville and Louisville's viability as a big league sports city. We'd like to hear from you. We have a question or comment for Dan Issel and Kent Euler, who are here with us in the studio. We're going to be talking to Dr. Rish in just a moment from St. Louis. So give us a call, 502-814-TALK, 502-814-8255. Our Twitter hashtag is WFPL Conversation. And we're on Facebook as well. I uh, do want to introduce uh, Dr. Patrick Risch from uh, St. Louis. He's director of the sports business program and professor of practice at, of a, in sports business excuse me, at Washington University. He's also the founder and president of the sports consulting firm Sports Impacts and a contributing sports business writer for Forbes.com, among other things. Dr. Risch, thanks for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure to join all three of you gentlemen this morning. I hope you're doing well. We're good. Thank you. Uh, first of all, just, just generally speaking, what's your assessment of what uh, Louisville has to offer from what you've seen and heard uh, a potential NBA franchise? Well, just a little bit of backstory. So 22 years ago when I started my career in higher education, my first year in academia was actually in Louisville. I actually spent the year at IU Southeast in New Albany, but of course spent most of my time recreationally in Louisville. So uh, I, I know the, the history of the community well. It obviously grassroots basketball uh, state along with Indiana. Uh, so in that respect, that's one of the key essences that you have to have when you're starting up a pro sports franchise no matter what the sport you know gentlemen we're going through the same thing right now here in st louis although expansion seems a little bit more imminent for us in major league soccer st louis is really kind of the uh has a tremendous history of soccer in nationally in this community so that's one really key variable i think the other things that you've got to have which i do think louisville has is number one uh, are, are you going to have uh, a facility? And I actually spoke with, we at Washington University are very close with Populous, who built uh, the K- KFC Yum Center. And I actually spoke to one of their architects leading up to this conversation to prep today. And I said, hey, man, you know, is this MBA compatible? And while he did point out a few things that could be tweaked, that for the most part, those tweaks are minor. And so it could very easily be MBA compatible. So the last part of the equation, which Mr. Issel, of course, is is working with, is, you know, would you have an ownership group that would be able to step up? And I have no doubt uh, that you would eventually be able to find uh, the resources and the people interested in being part of that team. So from my perspective, you got those three components. It's just a question of, A, when does the NBA want to expand? And, B, are there other markets that the NBA might view as being slightly more attractive? Uh, Dan said earlier that uh, the NBA's uh, official line is there, there's no plans for expansion right now, but that's possibly could be a, <laughs> something else could <laughs> be the case. What, what's your assessment of, of the NBA? Do you, do you see an expansion in this future? You know, I do see an expansion at some point in the future. It's just hard to say exactly when. Um, you know, I, I think that this is really going long term. I think that certainly within the next 10 years, and potentially even within the next three to five. You know, we have the NFL is now at 32 teams. The National Hockey League is currently at 31, but they will soon be adding a 32nd team in Seattle. Uh, I believe that that's where the NBA is eventually going. I don't see it going beyond that. Uh, so if that's the if that's the benchmark, if that's the cap, 32 teams, then clearly you're at 30 now. So who would those two teams be? And whether Louisville would be one of two new expansion teams or whether they would be more apt to perhaps be part of a relocation from one of the weaker markets remains to be seen. I personally think they likely would have a better shot with a relocated franchise from some of the weaker markets. And uh, what about the the possibility of maybe encroaching on other markets being a, being a negative there? You know, with the, the Indiana Pacers and the Memphis Grizzlies nearby, would that uh, kind of work against Louisville if if a team is considering coming? Well, I certainly believe that the Pacers ownership would <laughs> would have yeah. an issue, and, and probably the Grizzlies as well. Uh, spent a lot of time actually in Indianapolis myself. You know, being in St. Louis, I'm close to both of your markets, but. Uh, you know, certainly there's no question in my mind the Pacers would 
you know, throw up at least a little bit of a, a roadblock. Uh, but these things get overcome. You know, baseball, we had when my beloved, I'm from upstate New York, so I say my beloved Montreal Expos moved to Washington. Peter Angelos of the Baltimore Orioles had a major problem with that. But, again, these things get worked out. Usually there's some exchange of, of finances to make it happen. But um, So that could be a hurdle, but I think one that could be overcome. Let me let me ask you, Dan, about the process. Uh, if say the NBA does decide to expand a couple of teams, how would that process work in terms of uh, deciding where to go? The, would the voters would um, the voters, the owners would vote on that? Exactly. There would be uh, there would be applications taken. Uh, you would be able to present your case uh, to to the owner board, and it would take twenty three votes. Uh, and and doctors right the. There, there's going to be a lot of competition. There are a number of cities that would like to have an NBA team. When I first took this job in March, I thought, uh, and I just heard uh, him say, that uh, Seattle was a cinch to get one of them. I, I don't think that anymore. I think, I think that uh, Las Vegas could make a very compelling case. Uh, San Diego would like a team. Kansas City would like a team. Mexico City has been mentioned. And so there's going to be, uh, if and when they expand, there's going to be a lot of competition for those franchises. Rick, if I could interject and ask sure. Dan a question. I, Dan, I think that's an interesting point. And in fact, the two markets that I had on my mind, uh, this topic recently came up in St. Louis because uh, Richard Shavitz, who is the naming right of the St. Louis University men's basketball arena, uh, he had talked about the possibility of St. Louis being a player, which I don't personally believe is is uh, fruitful here for our market. I think we're more of a G League market for basketball than we would be the NBA. But I had talked about Seattle and Vegas being my top two choices with maybe Louisville being third. But you just said something about Seattle. What is it that you're hearing or what is your perception why Seattle may not be a go-to? Well, I I think, again, because of the competition. uh, And uh, what's interesting to me is some of the cities that have been named uh, I have a study that I'd like to talk about later in the show. Uh, some of the cities that are, are named ahead of Louisville, for instance, Vancouver, Seattle, uh, San Diego, have already had teams and, and lost them to relocation. Uh, San Diego had two. Uh, most people won't remember that the Houston Rockets began in San Diego, and then, of course, the Clippers as well. So, um, you know, the, the NBA... Uh, seems to like places that are single professional uh, sports towns uh, like uh, uh, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Salt Lake City. Those teams that have no major league sports competition seem to be to do very well. And I think Louisville can make a compelling argument to uh, to fit right in with those other cities. You're listening so to – go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Dr. Yeah, I'm Chris. sorry, Rick. Go ahead. You do, you do your call, then I'll jump in. <laughs> okay, you're listening to In Conversation on 89.3 WFBL. We're talking about the possibility of Louisville becoming a uh, major league sports uh, town, specifically uh, having an NBA franchise here. We're talking with uh, Dan Issel, who's leading the NBA to Louisville effort, Kent Euler with Greater Louisville, Inc., the Metro Chamber of Commerce, and Dr. Patrick uh, Risch, who's a uh, – a sports economist based at Washington University in uh, St. Louis. And Dr. Risch, uh, you want to finish your point? Well, yeah, just going jumping in on Dan. So I, I definitely hear where Dan's coming from as it relates to Seattle, and, and they had been there once before. One thing that I will say is that, you know, there's a big difference between, even though it's not been that long, a lot has happened in the last 10 years. You know, the, the wealth in Seattle has really taken off. Obviously, part of that's related to Amazon, which is all-encompassing. But, of course, we also can't forget about the fact that part of the reason why they left was facility-related. Key Arena was decaying. Dan, I'm sure you played there back in the day. Sure It was did. decaying. And the Oakview Group, which is based in Los Angeles, in fact, my students are making a sports networking trip there in about six weeks to L.A. to meet various organizations. And the Oakview Group is the company that is working with Seattle to renovate that, not only for hockey, but also with the eye on eventually bringing a basketball team. So when you factor in the growth and wealth in the community of Seattle, corporate wealth, personal wealth, 
you look at an upgraded facility and the economics of basketball are different than 10 years ago where you have more revenue sharing. I don't think Seattle would be one of the receivers. Of, of I think they're going to be wealthy enough that they'll actually be paying into the system. I think that's what tilts the scales versus, say, where they were uh, 10 years ago. Vancouver, on the other hand, even though there's greater revenue sharing, I, I don't trust the, the faltering dollar. So I, I, I still wouldn't put them above Louisville. I, to me, it's Seattle, Vegas, and then Louisville. What, what are your thoughts on Mexico City? I thought that was interesting, Dr. Rich. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, the first thing, I, I'm chuckling here, because the first thing when you say Mexico City and, and Major League Sports, I think of the fiasco of that football field that caused <laughs> uh, probably the best game of this past season to get relocated from Mexico City to uh, the L.A. Coliseum. You know, all of these leagues are talking about being more international. To be perfectly honest, uh the NBA has done probably of the four major sports that we have here in North America, the NBA unequivocally has done the best job of internationalizing their sport. You don't have to go to Mexico city to make that happen. Quite frankly, uh, you're doing it through social media. You're doing it through the fact that you have guys from all over the globe playing the sport. You're doing it because you've got these international leagues in, in uh, Europe, in South America, in China. So I, I don't think that they need to go to Mexico City, with all due respect, to further inter- internationalize their sport because they're already doing it organically anyways. Dr. Rich, do you think that uh, the people that will be making these decisions look upon Louisville maybe as more of a, a, a college basketball town that really wouldn't get behind a pro team given the, the fanaticism we have here for college basketball? Well, I'll tell you what, I, I actually think that the fact that you have such a long, uh, a long-standing following of basketball loyalists in Louisville, in the region, in the state of Kentucky, I actually think that that's a positive thing. If, if you were talking about a market that had even one other pro sports team and then you're adding or trying to add an NBA team, then I think it's going to be tricky because there's, there are only so many limited uh, discretionary dollars and corporate dollars in a smaller market. But the fact that, that there is no, yes, many people would look at the basketball team and say, well, yeah, the, 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 right now that's the only game in town, and can people spend money on both? But I do believe that Louisville would be in a position to be able to support a team because of the local fan support and also because of the corporate uh, support that I suspect would be there. And, and Dan and Kent would know, would know that all, all too well. Again, my concern is, is that if Seattle and Vegas, of course, I say Vegas because brand new arena, now that the NBA has basically embraced uh, and kind of been proactive about the gambling movement, I don't think you have that stigma that you had before. Um, and, of course, they played the Summer League there for years. So you have that element. I think those two teams would get in first. Would Louisville be able to take a team from Memphis or New Orleans? I think that that might be very interesting. And, in fact, one last thing, guys, I don't mean to monopolize the time. Why is Anthony Davis talking about leaving New Orleans? Well, there's rumors that he might do it because of uh, the fact that the Bensons maybe are not really committed to basketball and they're focused more on football. So I, I hope that that is the, the path and avenue that Louisville takes. Kent, you had a question for uh, Dr. Rich. I, I, I did. I appreciate the opportunity. Question, uh, how important is geography, I mean physical geography, to the future of basketball? We're seeing the rise of esports, and I'm sure that's something you study there at WashU. And there's predictions that esports could be bigger than ball sports in 10 or 20 years. So Kentucky as a basketball brand would seem to be a very powerful thing, regardless of where they're physically located. Uh, is that a factor in decisions like this? Well, first of all, I hope esports doesn't take over completely because, man, I can't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy football is pretty big. I mean, have you, have you guys ever gone on Twitch and watched like five minutes of one of those games? It's just completely over my head. But uh, I, I do think that one of the reasons why your city is so attractive is because I do think geography is important. Um, and which, again, going back to the expansion, uh, you can't add two teams to the Western Conference and not add any to the Eastern Conference. So that in and of itself may help Louisville if you're the best market east of the Mississippi. But, again, I go back to where's the core, where are the grassroots? And 
St. Louis has it in soccer. Louisville has it in basketball. But that can't be it alone. You've got to have the arena. You've got to have the ownership. Uh, I think you've got great potential. It's just a question of whether or not uh, those other pieces come into place. Yeah, and, and, and the fanatics are just not college basketball fanatics. I mean, high school basketball is followed uh, very well here in the state, and, and I think a professional basketball team would draw those fanatics just as well. 502-814-TALK is the number to call if you want to chime in on this. Can Louisville support an NBA franchise? Should we? Uh, or another uh, uh, major league sports uh, team? Give us a call. 502-814-TALK. 502-814-8255. We're talking with uh, Dan Issel, Kent Euler, and uh, with us on the phone from St. Louis is Dr. Patrick uh, Risch from uh, Washington University. Uh, Kent, we get back to this thing of mindset. I have a couple of uh, tweets here uh, just about the uh, the mindset here with the local folks. Uh, one says, I've lived here since 1975 and don't think we will ever support a pro sports team. The local mentality dislikes pro sports, claiming this is a college sports town and proud of it. How do you, how do you overcome an attitude like that if, that, if, if, if that is the prevalent attitude? Well, I have to remind everybody we do have pro sports in town. It draws yes. hundreds of thousands of people a year, and it's called horse racing. So, you know, of course, that's uh, that's not exactly a basketball team, but uh, we do have a history. And obviously with soccer, with the minor leagues, uh, baseball, uh, we can draw the the people here. I, I do think that's a defeatist attitude. And if we keep that attitude, if we, you know, we will never have the kind of things that we aspire to have, like pro sports, like, uh, you know, Amazon headquarters and, and the kind of. Uh, aspirational assets that this community really wants. We look down the street at Nashville, and people forget that 25 years ago we were bigger and more prosperous than Nashville. Now it's aspirational to us. They have pro football. They have an incredibly successful pro uh, hockey team down there. They have an economy that's on fire, growing you know four, or twice or three times as fast as ours is. Those things require us to think big and to be aspirational. And I certainly hope. Uh, a lack of, of aspiration doesn't cost us an NBA opportunity. In in addition to Nashville, Kent, you're absolutely right. You can throw Indianapolis yep. in into that same same pool. Uh, the the Pacer ownership was smart enough to be part of the merger, uh, the ABA NBA merger, and so they've had an NBA team since 1976. I'm sure when they had a chance to get the Baltimore Colts to move to Indianapolis, they didn't sit around and wring their hands and say, oh, can, can we support a professional football team? I, now, I realize that's only eight games a year, but that's 75,000 people a game, too. And so you're absolutely right. That's the attitude that we have to have. Instead of this discussion, can we do it? I think that the, the discussion has to move in the direction of what great benefits Louisville being a major league city would bring. Well, we have to realize we're, we're in a race against peer cities, and it, it's got a really high stakes to it. So, you know, if we only compare ourselves against ourselves last year and we're doing a little bit better than last year, that's kind of like L just playing a red-white scrimmage. Uh, yeah, they may get a little better, but you have no idea how good you are. Uh, L is not the only team in the ACC, and Louisville is not the only team in the big city league. If we want to uh, win, and when I say win, that means... Uh, good jobs, high-paying jobs, companies coming here, we have got to compete. And one of the things you do to compete is try to get pro sports into your town. Ken, uh, you, uh, just real quickly. Less, less than a minute, about, Doctor. Yeah, you were talking about that race. Again, St. Louis is in the same place. We're in a, it feels like a cannonball run, Burt Reynolds-style, trying to beat out cities for this last, uh, at least for the time being, the last Major League Soccer spot. We're going up against Sacramento and San Diego and Raleigh. So uh, we, we definitely are in the same boat as you guys, just a different sport. Dr. Patrick Reese, thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you all, gentlemen. Real pleasure. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more 502-814-TALK, 502-814-8255. You want to weigh in on this, you're listening to In Conversation on 89.3 WFPL. Sometimes that's all it takes. A deep breath, and the stress goes away. 90.5 WUOL Classical Louisville. When you need it most. 
Welcome back to In Conversation on 89.3 WFPL. I'm Rick Howlett, and today we're talking about the uh, possibility of bringing a National Basketball Association team to Louisville or perhaps another uh, major league uh, pro sports uh, franchise. We're talking with Dan Issel, who's uh, head of the NBA to uh, Louisville effort, and Kent Euler, president of Greater Louisville, Inc., the Metro Chamber of Commerce, 502 814. Talk is the number to call if you want to weigh in on this, 502-814-8255. Let me uh, read a, a comment here from uh, Shannon from uh, Louisville. It says she doesn't think Louisville should have an NBA team because she doesn't think Louisville and Kentucky are wealthy enough to support a professional team that would take away from college sports, introduce uh, gambling uh, and corruption. Um how do you respond to that arg- argument, Dan? <laughs> well, uh, gambling and corruption, well. <laughs> I'd, 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 uh, that might be going a little a little overboard. Uh, the, the NBA, as a matter of fact, is, uh, has come out in favor of, uh, of uh, pro sports gambling uh, as long as they get their cut. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's uh, I don't think that's part of it. I think uh, that's that's one of the things that we're fighting is that uh, pro uh, basketball tickets are too expensive. Our model, our, our financial models are built on an average ticket in the arena, wherever we play, of $46. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize, I have two seats, four rows behind where Coach Cal's sits. Mm-hmm. Those two seats for Kentucky basketball cost me $12,500 a year because of the seat tax. And I get to watch, I'm picking on my alma mater here a little (laughs) bit, I get to watch Harvard and uh, directional schools that I never heard of before, before the SEC. There aren't any NBA teams. I mean, you're going to get a decent, now some of them have losing records, obviously, but you're going to see Major League Basketball each and every night. And so that that idea that you you won't be able to afford tickets to go to an NBA game here in Louisville, that's simply not true. It's very early in the game, but have you had any preliminary discussions with University of Louisville officials about using the um, the Yum Center? No, no. and 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 uh, we won't. Uh, we don't feel that's our place. We love we love the University of Louisville. We want them to be supportive of this effort. Uh, you know, when Coach Cal was in Memphis, he was supportive of the Memphis Grizzlies coming to town because every young man he recruits thinks he's going to be a professional basketball player someday. And, uh, you know, some of them are. In most cases, it doesn't work out that way. But he thought that was a drawing card to help his recruitment. And, and we want the University of Louisville to feel that way. And so, I, you know, some people have suggested we go talk to the University of Louisville about that. We think that that, uh, that conversation has to happen between the people at the Yum Center and the University of Louisville. And yeah, we did reach out to uh, L uh, in preparation for this program. They declined to comment at, at this point. Uh, we have a, uh, looks like a question from John. Uh, he may have been on hold. I'm sorry, John, if we lost you there. Uh, how many franchises are profitable? They're all profitable. They're all profitable. <laughs> they're, all pro- they're all profitable. They just, they just uh, uh, got the biggest TV contract in the history of, of the NBA. And, and that's another, to Kent's point about how sports evolved, in the late 70s, uh, the NBA finals, the finals were on tape delay after the 11 o'clock news. And then you know, Magic and, 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 and Bird came along and then followed closely by Michael Jordan. And the NBA is just expanding. I mean, you can make the argument right now uh, after some of the hiccups the NFL had last year, uh, you can make an argument right now that the NBA is the most uh, most watched and, and highly profitable. But, yeah, to answer John's question, every one of the franchises is profitable. What well, to neither one of you could answer this. Uh, what what would it mean if we had a team here in terms of uh, revenue, tax revenue and things like that? How big of a boost would it be for the community, generally speaking? I, I don't know the economics of it for the, for the community. They're very positive. But if you consider the fact that there's a – TIF, a tax increment financing district around the Yum Center, if it played at the Yum Center, for instance, 
those people coming to the games just like they are where they go to U of L game or the share concert Monday, they're eating in the restaurants that are nearby that are and that additional tax that's raised we get to keep and it helps fund the Yum Center. That uh, then means that the city has to pay less to support that um, that facility. So it absolutely helps the economics of downtown in particular, but the economics of the whole city. As, as we were, wanted to be a little bit more broad on this. Have, have there been? Has there been any talk about mm-hmm. about trying to lure another sports franchise like a hockey team, uh, some other some other sport uh, to Louisville? In your experience? Oh, sure. There's talk about it. Uh, the, there's some very ambitious people who I love who talk about an NFL team. Uh, that seems a, a little bit uh, bridge too far. If, if you know, maybe after basketball, yeah. but uh, it reminded me Nashville, which was a much smaller town a few years ago built a stadium down there without a team. And now they have the Titans down there, and I don't know how the Titans did this year, but uh, they have a team, a pro football team. So, you know, yes, there's been talk about pro football. Uh, hockey, there's, there's a lot of hockey fans uh, out there. I'm not sure there's enough to fill an arena. I know there's enough basketball fans here to fill an arena, though. I, I want to talk about the study that I referenced sure. earlier. And, and by the way, I'm, I'm very happy uh, with Dr. Rich's comments uh, if if he has us number three in the country right now, I'll, I'll glad I'll gladly accept that. There was a study the mayor of Richmond, uh, Virginia, last year commissioned a study to see kind of where Richmond fell fell in the lines of, and and he had a group called the Hunden Strategic Group, and they did a study that was based on market size, population growth, disposable income. And, and they did a couple of different categories. The first category was of all of the cities in, in North America who, that doesn't have any of the four professional teams uh, right now, who could support a team the, the best? Austin, Texas was number one, and Louisville was number two. Hmm. Then they took it a step farther. They said, okay, you can have a football team, a baseball team, a hockey team, but of all the cities in North America that don't have an NBA team, how would those cities rank? Seattle was number one, Vancouver was number two, San Diego was number three, and Louisville was number four. So uh, people independent, like Doctor that we just had on, the Hunden Strategic Group, they, these, they, we don't have anything to do with those. Those are people on the outside looking in at Louisville, looking at our market share size, looking at our population growth, and saying, you know, Louisville can pull this off. So, um, you know, I, I, I agree with Kent. We, we have to have a more positive attitude uh, that, that we're ready to join, that Louisville's ready to join the Nashvilles and in the Indianapolises and the other country. Co- yeah, you know, to add on to that, we, we're talking Louisville, Louisville, Louisville here, but if you brought a team, uh, it would be a state team. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they'd end up being called the Kentucky Colonels like the old team or something like that. Lexington is a another 500,000 people just down the road that are obviously basketball crazy. Northern Kentucky, you know, there's four and a half million people in the state of Kentucky that fall behind us. It's not just the 750,000 people live in Jefferson County. That's a, gr- that's a great point because uh, in, in trying to grow our grassroots support of this franchise, I've had speaking engagements in uh, Owensboro, uh, Bardstown, Winchester, Lexington, haven't gotten to northern Kentucky yet, uh, but we would have to count on all of those people to support an NBA team. Let's uh, go to the phones. Uh, Kevin from Louisville is on the line. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the program. Hey, Rick. Thanks for hey. taking my call. I just had a quick question, and not to divert from the, the current um, topic of an NBA team, but given the success that the PGA Championship had um, at Valhalla, what what are the guest thoughts on a PGA tournament in Louisville once a year as opposed to an NBA team, and what does that look like revenue-wise? Do you think that would be successful? Well, you're beyond my pay grade. I can tell you, though, that Louisville has done, uh, according to the folks at the PGA, a phenomenal job supporting the PGA Championship, seniors, the uh, Ryder Cup. All those events that come out here have been embraced. And what Louisville does very well is big events. So those events, uh, the Ironman competition, uh, Forecastle, obviously Derby, and maybe that's where we cut our chops on Derby because that's a a once-a-year kind of thing. So we do a great job stepping out for that. I have no doubt that Louisville would support – 
a more frequent PGA uh, or Ryder Cup uh, competition at Valhalla or wherever. I, I, one of the things, and I, I'm acting like I know what I'm talking about here, but <laughs> I, I really don't. But one of the important things about, in response to the question, one of the important things about the PGA Tour is where that falls in the PGA calendar. I know, for instance, Denver uh, had a PGA uh, tour event, but it was it was calendared so that it was like two weeks before the Masters or or one other event, and so Tiger never played because of where the tournament was. Not yeah. that it was in Denver, but where it fell in the calendar. And you know, if you if you can never get Tiger to play in, especially in those days, if you can't get Tiger to play in your tournament, it's not going to be very successful. So uh, that would be very important if we had a PGA Tour event where it fell uh, during the year. Well, that brings up a good point about uh, a team. Say we get an expansion team. How 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 was that team populated? Is there a draft? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. There would be there would be an expansion draft, and and each team would be able to protect. I think the last time they did it, it was uh, seven players, uh, and so um, they each roster, and then the, the players that aren't protected would be eligible to be drafted by the expansion teams. Because that would seem to be make a uh, quite a bit of difference into you know getting people to come to the games is who's on who's playing for you. Well, you know, there's there's always been a uh, uh, there, there's always been an idea that if you had a pro team here that was populated by former U of L and UK players, it would be, it would be very, you, you have to be careful in those expansion drafts because uh, uh, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time teams are basically leaving unprotected players that have huge contracts. And, 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 you know, the, if we got an expansion team, I'm sure the support would be good, would be great the first couple of years uh, because it was new and, 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 and and our team and everything after that, uh, we'd be responsible for putting a good product on the, on the court. And if we didn't put a good team on the court, if we didn't put a team on the court that was worth supporting, I wouldn't expect anybody in Kentucky to support it. Let's go back to, this is apples and oranges. Let's go back to your ABA days and the, and the Kentucky Colonels. Was that a profitable venture as far as you know? I don't think so. No? Uh, and I'll tell you, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I have no factor yeah. to base it on. What happened in Louisville and a lot of cities was when the league first started, there was a lot of giveaways, cheap tickets, and people got used to that. And then when the teams got bigger and better, and we attracted more talent, people still had that mentality, you know, I want to pay five bucks for a ticket. I don't want to pay 10 or 12 or 15. And I think that's that really hurt the league in the long run. They thought it was important to get those people in the door. But I can also tell you at the end of the ABA, in 1975, the Colonels won the ABA championship. That team wasn't the best team in the ABA. That team was the best team in professional basketball. There were four people associated with that team that are now in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. In Denver, we we won the Midwest Division the first two years we were in the NBA. The first NBA All-Star game after the merger, exactly half of the participants were former ABA players. So that league became a great league. And, um, you know, the, the shame of it is, in 1975, the finals were between the Colonels and the Pacers. The following year, which would be the last year of the ABA, mm-hmm. the championship, the Colonels faltered because they sold one of their best players. And uh, the finals were between the Denver Nuggets and the New York Nets. Well, you could argue those were the four best teams in the, a- in the ABA. Denver, Indianapolis, and the Nets all went to the NBA in the merger, and the Colonels did not. Hmm. How uh, how long are you prepared to continue with the, with this venture? Uh, say the, say the NBA says says you know we're not going to do anything for for a pretty long time, or uh, we're going to go with an, with another city. How long are you? Prepared well, to if continue if Doctor Resch was right and it takes ten years, I probably won't be here anymore. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> but but I am prepared. I mean, I love doing this. This puts me back in the game of basketball, even if it's on the periphery. And uh, and and I love this, and I think that Louisville deserves this, and I think Kentucky deserves this, and I'm going to be here until they say, no, you can't have an NBA team. Again, somebody did want, want me to ask. Uh, we have, of course, a very vibrant arts community uh, here in Louisville. Any concerns about that, you know getting back to that entertainment dollar uh, taking away from the arts community? Well, I haven't thought about that, but uh, I don't think it would hurt the arts. It, in fact, having the additional activity downtown helps, helps all of the downtown. A lot of the arts are located downtown. And uh, we've got to think growing pie. Growing pie. If 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 we have this limited mindset that says you know there's only so many dollars to go around and we're going to take it away from the arts in order to give it to basketball, uh, we're never going to get there. That's not reality anyway. We are growing. Our economy is growing. Maybe not fast enough, but it is growing. And there is money for everything. I did want to comment on the sure. sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, the group. I mean, you didn't really talk about the group that you formed and Dan's president of, but they did raise a bunch of money last year. Uh, $750,000. With commitments even beyond that, right? Yes. So there's funding there to sustain this NBA-ready effort. Uh, what you're trying to do is make sure that the city is NBA-ready, that, first of all, the NBA knows that we're out there and we're interested, that all the parties are aligned, that the corporates are at least close to the table, that you've got the uh, money partner. So we are NBA-ready, but Importantly, it's not just a one-year deal. There's, there's enough funding there to keep this going for quite a while. That's a great point. They, they know, the NBA people know uh, this effort is underway. I was at the uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies in Springfield, Massachusetts last September, and everybody I talked to in the NBA knew what we were doing here. Uh, let's very quickly go. Uh, we have Kay on the line now. Kay, what's your question? Uh, we've got about a minute or so. Hello. Just to make it quick, uh, I, I just read in the Courier Journal that they're shutting down uh, seats in Rupp Arena because uh, the attendance is, is down in Lexington, and they love UK. And, and in fact, they have season ticket holders who are not coming, and they can't even give give their tickets away. So there's something going on about attendance in sports that we not are, are not aware of, and and how does that impact the uh, the opportunity for uh, a professional sports team to to be successful in, in Louisville? Well, I mean, has is, is attendance been a, a big problem this year? Low attendance? With the... Yeah, I, and and I think uh, speaking about the University of Kentucky, I think it's exactly what what I referenced earlier. You know, they they play Duke someplace else. They play North Carolina someplace mm -hmm. else. They play the SEC tournament someplace else. And, uh, you know, I, th I think the U.K. is going to have to bring, like they did with Kansas, bringing some of those better games back to Rupp Arena to get the fans more interested. All yeah. right. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Kent, sorry about that. Thank you uh, both for joining us, Dan Issel and Ken Euler. It's been a pleasure having you today on uh, In Conversation. I want to thank our production team, Kaylin Jackson, Brad Yost, Ashley Clark-Thompson, and Russell Wells. Our opening and closing theme was composed by Kojin Tashiro. I'm Rick Howlett. Thanks for joining us. Support comes from Vision Zero. On foot or behind the wheel, safety is a shared responsibility. And Vision Zero Louisville believes zero roadway fatalities is the only acceptable amount. Their mission is to create safe roads by design, engineering solutions, and education. More information at visionzerolouisville.org.